Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo ho ho, what's going on you guys? Welcome to 128, 128 of the podcast, really information packed episode, a bit heavy. We get into some social issues, we get into nightlife, um the Japanese government, crazy fucking policy, you know, my um what's the word? futurist complete speculation on what's going on in Tokyo. Um an interesting video link for you. Don't check, don't check it yet. Don't check the links yet. Just wait. Um you know, some historical just or a lot of real information. I think you're going to really like, especially if you want to get in depth into Japanese society. So, but before you do that, you know, again, please like this video, like this audio if you can, leave a comment, share it, whatever. Let's get the word out. Let's blow this motherfucker up. <laughs> blow it up <laughs> no 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 but but again you know a heart a comment um whatever you you can do whatever platform you're watching is on it's much appreciated the people who do like the people who do consistently comment you know i really appreciate that please continue to do that again like trust me i know you know i don't get emails i don't get comments that much so um when it comes in it's like oh thank you they're still there so please you know take the time out um it will really help the podcast again if you have a chance watch on youtube not just for a fucking second please just watch the whole thing you know <laughs> or watch both audio and audio wherever the fuck you know cuz i think it is a different experience watching it and listening to it but whatever i'm going to just get the fuck out of here okay all right but great episode i think you're going to love it so enjoy Yo everyone, what's going on? Welcome to episode 128 of the podcast. Hope you guys are doing all right. I'm doing pretty pretty well on this rainy Friday night Friday night party. <laughs> podcast party. I got a big thing of um something new for you guys if you if you've never seen this before, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh this is a bottle of Heartland beer, which is a local mm, all right beer here in Japan. Oh. Hmm. It tastes like fucking I don't know, like a domestic American beer to me. I can't put my finger on it exactly. It's kind of hoppy. I can't put my finger on what it is, but it's good. Um not that, you know, not that expensive. I think this I don't even know how big this shit is, but you know, um it's it's a pretty big bottle of it. I got for like about 350 yen or something like that, like 3050 cents equivalent, you know, around there. Um I got something a little bit better in the fridge, but um I start start off with this one depending on how long I'm going to record for, but um but yeah, I got a great episode for it lined up for you guys. I'm really excited to talk about some of these topics, <laughs> a, a few comical things um as well. So, uh let's just get into it because um I got work tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's kind of late getting late in the night. So, I had today off, but um interesting times here in Tokyo, interesting times. So, right now as as what 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 day is fucking today? Today is the 17th. 
So as of today, um, things are getting kind of interesting here in Japan. Oh, by the way, my back's totally fine. If if you listen to the previous episode, you can tell I'm I'm kind of active. I'm, I'm feeling you know um, all right, I'm bouncing around on my sofa. <laughs> um, mm. Sorry, you're going to be hearing me drinking a lot because this is kind of a, a lot of beer, a lot more beer than I normally drink on the show. And I got to kind of finish this shit before I go to bed. So <laughs> sorry about that. But um, yeah, things are getting interesting here in Japan. Uh, the COVID situation uh, in Japanese terms is getting real out here. Um, not luckily, not in terms of like COVID deaths, ironically. Um, there haven't been, I think I forgot to check the news today, but the past two days there have been like zero COVID deaths registered all over japan i was thinking about it i'm not sure if um that's just because of testing i don't know like what the standards are for for how a death is registered here from covid but um you know from what i hear the standards are a bit looser uh, without sounding conspiratorial a bit looser in the states than they are here in japan meaning you know I'm guessing some shit would need to be confirmed in an autopsy and all that shit jazz done in Japan. So, um, so I don't know, but the number of infections is on the rise, especially here in the Tokyo area. Um, we are well for the past several days. We've been way above, or not? Let me not say way, significantly above the number of infections uh, we had which led to the declaration of emergency state of emergency in April, which saw me in the fucking house for a while. Um, but <laughs> well, I, got, I, got, I got a lot to talk about in this one, but the, um, but the interesting thing that's happening is, um, you know, I'm sure you've seen if you're in the, the States, which a significant number of you are, or if you're watching what's going on in America right now, you know, America is going through that, some, that thing where, you know, there's California, southern states in America are really seeing a resurgence of the virus, but there's really the hesitancy to lock down the country again. The same thing's going on here in Japan, right? Um, we're well past the numbers we were at in April, but um, well past. Don't we're not even in the thousands of of, of confirmed daily infections. We're in the hundreds, so. In the Tokyo, let's just say in Tokyo, because that's, you know, the the big tomato. So I, I think when we hit over like 100 or 200 is when the when we hit over 200 in April is when the state of emergency uh, was declared. We were over 200 for like 200 infections for like like five days. We almost to 300 now. Um and daily and that might sound like a small amount but if you understand like the amount of testing is a lot smaller here than it is in the in the west so as the testing numbers increase the number of confirmed cases is increasing um but again luckily the number of deaths is not increasing which i'm really really happy about so uh, so the government's just like freaking the fuck out you know um and but but the difference now is in the spring and this is again my perspective on that on this you know from right now this point this is going to be my perspective my investigative <laughs> investigative journalism i can't even say, i can't even say that with a straight face <laughs> mm. Mm. as i drink my beer right <laughs> coming to you love <laughs> nah nah um testing testing Okay, I, whew, I thought my microphone was off for a second. I was about to be like, oh, shit. Okay, um, 
but um anyway so yeah from this is my speculation so um what well not only speculation but what i perceive is happening is in springtime you know I, i've said like i've said before the olympics were still in the picture right japan you've heard me you if you listen if you've been a long-time listener you've heard my theories on this that in the springtime the olympics were still in very much in play the japanese government was trying their best to show that they were serious about what was going on so they were you know like fuck it we're putting the hammer down we're locking shit down when they were kind of lagging behind and remember i've told us if you remember i was talking about that pendulum kind of swinging right now it's just swinging everywhere so <laughs> so you know then this situation right now you know in in july mid-july we're in a totally different situation because now the economy comes into play you know japan they kind of threw the japanese government they kind of threw their best shot they tried to hit you know covid with a boom you know nice little right cross and um just like just took that shit it was like okay what you got that's it you know so now that we're kind of back to square one if you will but the the difference is that um, the government is really focusing on the economics of the situation because we got a lot of businesses, a lot of industries that are really on the verge of going bankrupt. I was just watching the news today. It's like, mm, it's getting real out here, right? And pardon me for drinking my beer. But, you know, if you're a longtime listener, you, I'm, I'm sure you're probably encouraging me to chug more because, you know, the more I drink, the more I talk. <laughs> Generally speaking, I'm trying to get to bed kind of early tonight because I got work tomorrow, but... You know, generally, the more I drink, the more I talk, and the longer the episode is, and, you know, then we get hilarity. So, <laughs> so just, just bear with me, you know, as I fucking chug this heartland. All right. So now that we're in fucking July, we've got, um, you know, we've got like, ho what, of course, the restaurant industry, the hotel travel industry, the um, airline industry, you know, uh, hot springs, or, or like I said, restaurants, you know, um, fucking fast food places, you know, fast food places, shopping, retail shopping. Um, you can just name it. I'm sure, you know, in your country, it's a similar kind of thing, but especially here in Japan, because especially hotel, hot springs, you know, um, and, uh, restaurants, especially are, are the two really hardest hit industries. And if you, you know, and I've said it before, if, if you know, in Japan, people kind of go on vacation at the same time. You know, it's kind of only really three major vacation times of the year. It's Golden Week, it's Summer Holiday, and the end of the year are the three major times where Japanese people are just going everywhere. And those are the times where I like to stay the fuck at home because it's the highways everywhere. It's fucking packed. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with this. Don't worry. So, um, yeah, so we, we missed Golden Week, right? Golden Week, every day was just, which is in May, it was like stay home, everyone stay home. This now we're getting into summer holiday season and um coming up is a um next week is a, they made a four day holiday, right? Where um they, they took one holiday bloop from uh I think October and bloop put it here in July to make a four day holiday, which I think was supposed to be like some Olympic shit or something. I forgot why. 
but um but yeah that shit you know now with all this situation um mm, mm. yeah i forgot why they did it but it might it might have been to substitute the summer holiday season um, the summer holiday travel season because the Olympics were supposed to be in August, which is when the summer holiday season typically is. Like where it did smack in the middle where people are traveling for summer holiday was when the Olympics were going to be there. And of course, that's not really feasible. So I'm guessing, I'm again, totally guessing they set up this holiday this month to allow people a chance to travel wherever they want to travel. Now, what ended up happening was because, again, Golden Week was fucked up. Th those industries that I named previously are so fucked up. The government's bright idea, like <laughs> I guess maybe about a month ago they came up with it to kind of help these struggling industries was uh, to come up with a go-to campaign. Um, I, there were, were some articles on um, Japan Times about it. I just didn't really have time. Let me see if I can come whip up something uh, while I had another thing open here. Let me see if I can whip up something uh, while I'm talking to you guys that I can put in the description. Uh Japan. Will Barnes Japan. Okay. Yeah, I think this is let me just click this article and see if I can add this to our episode. Bear with me for a second. Um Yeah, okay. This looks kinda is this is this really short? Yeah, no, it's not that short. But it's it's kind of really it's really related to what I'm talking about. So I'm just gonna add this to our notes for the episode, you guys. Sorry, I'm doing this on the fly. Boom! But again, it's for your information, for your enlightenment. Okay, there you go. All right. So what's going on now? Um, they came up with this go-to campaign, right? Which means, of course, go somewhere. <laughs> just hey, government subsidies for a lot of these industries and, 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 and businesses out, you know, in, in all over Japan, they have been suffering for these months. In my opinion, from what I see, basically are teetering on the verge of bankruptcy, right? Um, if things continue the way they are, I'm given, you know, a large a number of bankruptcies to really start hitting in another month or two, pretty much across a restaurant industry, hotel travel industry, um, and somewhere related in that uh, retail industry as well. Mm. It's kind of how I see what I see happening. So the go-to campaign is kind of like a Hail Mary. It's kind of like a Hail Mary. Just like, fuck it, everybody go there, spend their money. And so what the government basically did was like, hey, we're going to subsidize your travel. So they set up, I don't know how the fuck they did it because I ain't going nowhere. So I really wasn't researching it too much. Some of my students did, but, um, and told me about it and showed me about it. But basically, um, from what I heard, like, for example, going to Okinawa, hold <coughs> excuse me. Um, like for example, going to Okinawa, um, I believe, or some shit like that, you know, different packages, different destinations, you know, um, anywhere between like, let's say 7,000 yen or $70 to like 20,000 yen, $200 coupons, rebates, encouraging people to go spend their fucking money, you know, um, all over Japan. Now, of course, you know, politicians were doing this, which means the planning for this had to probably happen about a month ago. A month, month and a half ago when the corona numbers were down low. Well, guess what, people? I mean, of course, when you hear this, uh, 
my first reaction is, oh, Japan, oh, Japan. Of course, I think it's a fucking horrible ass idea. I understand the gesture. I understand, you know, what they're, what they're trying to do, but just my first reaction was, so you want, you know, people to run all over the place travel and it's not just like japan's a small country so it's not like people gonna be like spread out it's gonna be hordes of people wherever you're going you know is what you know pretty much like this is gonna be packed like if if you know anything about like the travel seasons here in japan it is no fucking joke man like that's why i don't go anywhere because it's just so fucking crowded like literally you're sitting in traffic for hours or you're sitting waiting in the air it's fucking ridiculous like imagine thanksgiving in america thanksgiving in the airports that's what it is like it you know three times a year here it's fucking bananas right so um especially because japanese people are such workaholics you know when there's actually like a four-day holiday or a chance or you know five-day holiday god forbid jesus people are out you know they're like fuck it we're going somewhere plus government subsidies means people really trying to go well in the past like couple of weeks the corona numbers have been bloop 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 going going gone a lot higher and now like the the thought process of this whole thing people are kind of like i don't think that's really such a good idea (laughs) and um you know, and, and the whole legitimacy of this thing is called into, is really being openly debated and discussed and criticized on a whole a whole lot of different fronts. And what's, what's come to a head uh, a few days ago, basically, the government was like, okay, you're right. Everywhere else in Japan, you guys can have a go-to campaign, except for Tokyo. Tokyo, y'all can't go anywhere. <laughs> go here. <laughs> go home. <laughs> Don't go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is basically what's going on. So pretty much, um, you know, Tokyo is being singled out because the just the the numbers are so much higher in Tokyo than anywhere else in Japan. It's like ten times as many daily, uh, you know, five what five to ten times as many uh, new cases in Tokyo as there are like in other place. You know, in the uh, the second highest major city, and that's just you know truth of course just based on the number of people in tokyo and things like that it's just the density population density here is quite understandable now excuse me sorry i'm a fucking mess tonight now for me it's like you know, that's like an understandable thing but 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 now i was having this conversation uh in the car with my family earlier what what I find interesting and mildly hilarious about this situation <laughs> is um, mildly hilarious, mildly amusing. Let me say that. Okay, <laughs> um, my bad. Like what I find mildly amusing about this situation is, you know, it's so Japanese because like as soon as Tokyo was singled out as like not being able to go anywhere, people were like, "Oh shit," because. Because, like, remember, Japan is such a group-oriented country, you know, or a society that, and this is, my, again, my breakdown of it, the way I understand it, you know, to be in the group, it's like a flock of birds or, or a beehive, you know, to be in the beehive, or ant colony, I'll just use that, I use that a lot, 
to be in the ant colony is to be safe. You have equal status as everyone else. There is no ant colony without like a mother ant or a queen bee or whatever. Everyone's the same, you know. And so to be singled out is really looked down upon or to single someone else out is really looked down upon. You know, it's like, that's not fair. We should all be in this together. Like I've said it before, like I remember I realized this one time after the earthquake, um, (laughs) I was like, it's just different logic, right? Like, so after the great Eastern Japan earthquake of 2011, I remember the first time I noticed this was what I've said this before in a previous episode, but I'll just say it again. Um, a pre, you know, uh, it was, there was a st- news story about like a shelter for people and they were talking about food and they were like, we don't have enough food. I think it was like noodles or I think it was cup noodles or something like that. And the person was, who was in charge was basically explaining that, yeah, we've got cup noodles, We've got a shipment of cup noodles, but we don't have enough to feed everyone. So we're not going to feed anyone. And (laughs) me in my Western thinking, I was like, what? You know, like in America, for example, it's clear. Okay, even if you got half as many noodles, give it to the women and children first. And then like when you get the rest of it, give it to everyone else. But Japan doesn't work like that because that's not fair you know everything every remember everyone has equal status in the group and so that means everyone needs to be treated exactly the same is part of the fabric of japanese society the way i see it right so um so this situation goes against that completely you know because you're kind of singling out people who live in tokyo and you got to understand like so if someone from tokyo does go somewhere and you see those Tokyo Tokyo license plates, everyone's going to be looking at them like you dirty motherfucker, (laughs) you know, and and that's not fair. That's not Japanese. So it automatically singles them out, singles people in Tokyo out and, you know, they're missing the party, you know, and and also I was just watching the news before, before getting ready you know, can't <laughs> the government? This is fucking hilarious here. They just make me laugh. This is like fucking sitcom for me. Um, you know, you know, <laughs> because like, um, so there's a lot of cancellations and things like that that are going on because of this. Because they just announced this shit like a couple of days ago. It was just like, yeah, people in Tokyo now, nah, fuck y'all. <laughs> you know, this campaign has been discussed for like about three weeks. They've been rolling out a whole big thing. And uh, like, yeah, people in Tokyo, fuck y'all. And so cancellation fees, right? Who's going to pay for the cancellation fees? And the government was like, yeah, we're not going to pay for cancellation fees. <laughs> so like all the people who just like book their vacations and like, uh, I'm guessing, yeah, they're talking about like customers because that just opens up a can of worms, right? If you live in Tokyo and you, you know, you book the fucking vacation to like Okinawa or Hokkaido or somewhere, and you hop, you know, like for you and your family, let's say like a fucking you know, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand yen vacation, like a hundred, like a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollar vacation, and you had to cancel it. Like now, you know, maybe you had to pay. Well, I don't know, thirty, fifty percent of that. Government ain't, ain't helping you with that. Like you gotta eat that. So <laughs> that's Japan. Gotta love it. <laughs> mm. 
shit's just crazy. So now all hell's breaking loose. You know, the government, the, government, the Japanese equivalent, equivalent of equivalent. Let me double check. This is make sure this is recording. Okay, I see numbers moving. Yay! <laughs> all right. Uh, so the <clears throat> the um, Tokyo governor is criticizing the central government, and you know everyone's like picking on her, and it's just fucking crazy. And so that that's kind of the big thing going on here. Now, um, that's like the the scoop of the day, right? And for me, of course, these are the moments where I just sit back, eat my popcorn, and watch Japanese people fucking go at it. <laughs> because my logic is like, from the beginning, like, who the fuck came up with this idea? Like, what? who the fuck thought this was, like, a good idea? And, you know, again, it's that compensating over, undercompensating, overcompensating. You know, the okay, we need to shut everything down. Great, we shut everything down. Oh, shit, everything's, like, shut down. Fuck, we got to restart everything right now. Fuck, okay, we got to get money to these areas. Fuck, okay, let's do this fucking crazy-ass campaign. Oh, shit, numbers are back up. We got to shut this shit down. Like it's just a pendulum that just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, you know, because every people just won't let stuff go. Like companies are just not going to be let go. Industries are just not going to be let go. Personally, I think this campaign, even though it's completely, you know, a clusterfuck right now, um, is probably going to be the last ditch effort by the government to support businesses. And, you know, because they can say, hey, we tried, you know, we, they put on a good face. Me personally, this, even if everything went completely successful, that only really delays the wave of bankruptcies coming by like two months, three months tops. Right. Cause you gotta think like these businesses, let's just take Kyoto, for example, heavy tourists, you know, tourist heavy, um, city tourists, you know, like the amount of tourists going into Tokyo, who like a year ago, you know and and you've heard me talking about it and now like that goes like bus hotel restaurant you know amenities kimono try on shit like i don't know shrines temples like you know services translation you could just name it right kyoto went down 99.9 percent so like what you gonna do you know like you're you're dependent upon international travel coming in that's not coming in for another year year and a half you know so what you gonna do like you know like maybe like i heard one guy talking like they went down 80 percent their business their reservations i think it was like a restaurant or something like that in kyoto went down 80 percent they're like yeah we we went to 30 percent excuse me oh my gosh i'm sorry i feel so bad about burping on on here my apologies for that really um yeah we went up to like i think 30 percent down or something like that um because of the go-to campaign so you know they recovered a significant amount but they're still in the hole so guess what's gonna happen like even you know those cancellations are gonna kick in and then when after this there's not another um travel holiday coming up for like fuck end of the year not really you know fuck that's it man that's it like this is this is summer is it so yeah so i i expect like in japan you know the japanese economy to really start turning for the taking the downturn 
fall to winter is when you're really probably going to start hearing news about that. So that's the thing. Re- check it out. Um, see, 20, 25, 20, 20-something minutes. You see, just let me drink beer. Let me burp in the microphone. My bad. You know, you'll get some good shit out of me. Mm. Hmm. So that's that. Um, that's that's the big news of the day going on here. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, I have a related uh, link to it, is um, Yoda no Machi. So you know, you've heard me talk about gov. I, I set I set this up. We got a theme about government shit. So <laughs> so actually, um, you know, you heard me talk about like government ideas and government campaigns to save industries and things like that. One industry that's not getting not getting saved if you <laughs> don't save her she don't want to be saved sorry you probably might have heard that um if you watching on youtube you heard me i think two episodes ago i, I just left it in there i was just singing that uh, old classic song uh, rap song from like the 90s um well it is a remix of it, whatever anyway 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 um uh, what you call it <laughs> Uh, yeah, the government saving, saving, saving them, trying to save them, right? One industry, one part that's not getting saved is quote unquote Yoda no Machi, right? And, um, I, what I did was I, I thought about this topic the other day, just in my, um, one of my YouTube accounts and, and just the timeline, an interesting little mini doc came up, which, which you'll find here is the title is meet the beautiful melancholy women paid to flirt in japan once again meet the beautiful melancholy women paid to flirt in japan check the link uh wherever that you're watching this and it's about hostesses right and this was it's pretty old it's like from 2014 but it gives a bit of an idea about the life of a hostess the 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 mini doc i shared with you guys before was a bit glamorous right um but this one, the the last few minutes of it, you're like, ooh, uh, you're like, ooh, watching it, you know, because it really gives an idea about how women kind of get a bit trapped in that industry. It's kind of like a dead end career kind of thing. Um, you know, you you get hot when you're young, but like, yeah, when you hit thirty, it gets kind of rough for you. You know, um, now what's going on is, uh, hold on, let me drink before I explain this. Mm. Okay. So with, with with the second resurgence of the coronavirus, um one the the main thing that has been uh scapegoated, I'll just use scapegoated, is Yolunomachi, quote unquote, which means nightlife entertainment districts. Pretty much areas with hostess bars, you know, regular bars, things like that. Kabukicho in Shinjuku is the number one place for that. That's num- destination number one in Japan. That, uh, that's going to be what it is. Now, um, I've told you the numbers in Tokyo have been pretty high. Shinjuku is... Sorry, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about this. Um, But again, this beer, I'm chugging this beer. Is, you see how much this shit I got? Like, I got to get through it. So um, my apologies, people on in podcast world. I don't think I've ever burped this much on an episode. Um, But um, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> so Yolo Namachi. 
So Shinjuku is is kind of ground zero, it seems like, for Corona. And you've heard me talk before about, you know, some of the ways they're trying to really pick back up that um, hostess nightlife entertainment uh, industry, but it's really not working. And they're really hurting over there. And the government, and another thing, the government is not subsidizing these industries, these companies, um, like they do other ones. Because it's kind of like seen as gray, related to Yakuza, a little bit dangerous. So they're kind of scapegoated and pigeonholed. You know, Fuzoku, which is like, you know, brothels or massage places and stuff like that. Employees are there. They don't get any government subsidies. They don't get any government money. Um, they're just kind of left out in the loop and plus like their whole business infrastructure has been completely cut off. So things is completely fucked down there basically. And the industry is just being strangled. I mean, I'm, I don't really have too much love for those industries. It's not like save the hostess bars, you know, like for me, but I do feel for, you know, some of them might be mothers, for example, single mothers or things like that, you know, who have young kids and who are just trying their best to survive. Like everyone's not just like, you know, living a wild life over there. So I, I get that. But it does kind of suck that, you know, even though, you know, the, those are Japanese people, they don't fit into that ant colony beehive kind of image, right? They're not upstanding citizens. So the government, I'm guessing the government doesn't want to be seen as protecting them, giving money to them, you know, providing assistance to them. Like something like, I think like recently, just an attempt to try and get them to shut down. They were like, the government was like, I think any host club that shut down for 10 days would get 500,000 yen, which is like 5,000 bucks. Like they make that in an hour on a good night. Like uh, even giving a host 500,000 yen for a month might do something. You know, but just a business, that amount of money for 10 to shut down for 10 days is like a slap in the face, basically. So recently the government's been trying, like, I think that's the Tokyo government might have offered that. I'm not quite sure, but but it's not nearly enough to keep the, these businesses afloat. And, you know, um, the more underground you get, like the Fuzoku, which is like, you know, brothels or whatever, whatever the fuck it is. Again, I don't know too much about that industry. You know, I've never been to one. I just... I'm familiar with the terms, but the ins and out, the ins and outs. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know the ins and outs of of that world, right? So um, I can't speak on it in with with too much, you know, knowledge. But mm. but um. The in the video that I shared, you do get kind of some insight as to who the people are in those industries. You know what the girls, their backstories. There's a few girls, their backstories. Oh, how they kind of fell in, fell in, not fell into that. You know, became a part of that world. Um, I think the three main girls, and each of them had very different stories. When the end is kind of like, like you said, melancholy. You know, but um, think about them in a situation where you know they don't have any work they might be fired from their job they can't get a new job no customers coming in no money coming in no government assistance um my image of a hostess generally speaking they might get a good salary but they also spend a lot of money so 
you know, um, it kind of comes in, goes out at the same time. So they might, they hopefully they have savings, but not all of them do, you know. So they're really in like a pinch, an economic pinch, you know, right now. And um, just similar to what other industries are, I think that's going to continue and there are going to be a lot more bankruptcies, especially in those industries in the coming months. Now, here's where I get a little bit conspiratorial. Because I was, I was explaining this to my mother-in-law again. Um, we, we have these talks from time to time about shit like this um, that personally, and she was giving me her, her take on it. Like, yeah, I can see that happening. Personally, I've been seeing this type of shit for coming for the past couple of years. And I think the Corona situation has expedited it where it's the government's um, opportunity in larger in, in again, complete wild speculation by me. Um, um, opportunity, season the opportunity to, to clean up, quote unquote, clean up those areas, uh, specifically Shibuya, Shinjuku, Kabukicho. Um, maybe I was thinking about before, maybe even Ginza, if you think about it, um, and clear out all of that nightlife related stuff, right? Uh, Rapungi as well, especially I've, I've noticed this, this, this phenomenon really happening in Rapungi for like the past maybe four or five years, uh, where you know, nightlife nightclubs things like that are really getting pushed out closed down the Rapungi when I used to go there uh, which again was like the nightlife night club place um I it was a gap when I just did not go out at all I was really trying to focus on my what I wanted to do in my life and then I went back there and it was just all hostess bars like on the street and there were none when I went out they didn't need to advertise they didn't need to have hostesses on the street trying to get people to go into their clubs because everywhere was always full and you know a lot of the larger larger nightclubs were closed down and I could just feel the area dying you know and this was like four three four years ago so I kind of realized like you know that with the with with the introduction of a lot of, a lot of these higher quality Rapungi Hills Rapungi Midtown you know higher status high higher price point kind of places that larger development companies are re probably trying to just shut clear everything out shut everything down and then over the next 5 10 15 20 years build up to come kind of complete the 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 takeover or the gentrification of those areas and i mean that's what i would do like we already have Rapunky hills we already have Rapunky midtown you know there's in the in between those they're kind of splatters of basically older buildings older places um that are gonna that you know if i'm for example the mori company which which i think which did Rapunky hills and i also think does uh, Rapunky midtown I don't want to get the rest of it. I, I would want to have, you know, Rapungi, whatever, whatever, Rapungi, whatever, whatever, and just have like, you know, make the whole thing like just one big kind of um, cool ass place. You know, um, if we go to Shinjuku, Kabukicho, I think Sh Sh Kabuki Shinjuku is KO, which is a large rail company. I, I don't know exactly which one. Same thing. There's been a lot of, um, construction things like that going on there pushing into you know it's a stark contrast to kabuki show and i'm sure the government does not want that you know if you had to choose with either or i'm sure they're gonna pick you know uh 
high status office buildings, you know, clean cut image, things like that versus like what's seen as a, you know, um, den for Yakuza and illicit behavior and things like that. So, of course, if they have a chance to clear all that shit out, especially the stance of the government of trying to uh, stamp out uh, organized crime here over the past like couple of decades you know i think that goes hand in hand with, with putting the type grip on them so shibuya same thing shibuya is a really clear cut case of it as well um the amount of construction i saw um new construction completed construction and continuing construction in shibuya i saw last time i was every time i go there recently is shocking and it's now the the central train station area in center guy is really almost mainly completed. Now the periphery of it, I see starting to get built out and uh, renovated quite a bit, you know? So, um, same thing. I'm waiting for that to stretch to like the nightlife areas and, you know, Dogenzaka and things like that. So that those maybe can come, you know, if you, if you have a big hill, the big hill near Shibuya is just like love hotels and nightclubs. That's like on a, a hill. If you don't know hills, anything on hills is, is um, you heard me say Rapungi Hills earlier, Toronto on hills, you know, uh, any hill you're going to um, uh, like not even the name hill, but a literal hill is um, traditionally going to be a lot more expensive here in Japan for a couple of reasons. Uh, especially in the, in the Tokyo area, not, not say Japan, I'm pretty sure that's like all over Japan, but especially in Tokyo, um, the main reason is because earthquake and tsunami. So <clears throat> again, traditionally, uh, the land on a hill is much more stable and earthquake resistant than lower lying land, right? So you're going to shake, is the land's going to shake a lot more in lower lying areas and coastal areas as well. But if it's like on a hill on higher ground, the land's more stable and earthquake resistant. So meaning it won't fucking collapse on you as much. So richer people tended to live in those areas. So the money is, is weird how Tokyo is kind of built on, on history. So the higher money areas in Tokyo are very hilly areas and in central area near the palace, you know, and that's kind of how things you told you heard me talk about before were built out. So, um, like, uh, Dogenzaka, if you, if you don't know what it is, it's like a big hill near Shibuya station It's this huge hill and which leads to some more higher ground and things like that. That area is really kind of seedy, you know? And so I'm sure like, that's a stark contrast to the construction going on near that near the train station. I'm sure they would love to turn that into fucking high rise fucking condominiums or office space or something something probably office space you don't really don't want on the top of a hill, so probably you know high rise condominiums or 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 apartment buildings or something like that will probably be in the works in the next like five ten twenty years but to do that you have to clear out all the old love hotels all the old nightclubs and stuff like that let all that shit die and then you you, you know the government in in cooperation with larger companies give financing give subsidies do do all the shit behind the scenes i'm sure it's already um been you know agreed upon handshake wink wink behind you know over in some fucking posh ass izakaya or something like that and and you know they're just gonna fucking swoop in buy it up um 
you know, snazz it up. And then when all this thing is over, you know, the new the the winners are going to be the winners and the losers are going to be the losers. So that's really what I think is going to be happening um, over with, with a lot of these areas, especially related to Yodo Nomachi, nightlife entertainment. You can't read about it, but uh, I'm definitely going to be looking out. I'm expecting the landscape of Tokyo after Corona to be and after the non Olympics to be completely different. Like I'm telling you, like my son and my grandkids are going to be living in fucking Akira, the animated movie. There's literally just going to be two fucking Tokyo. I see it, man. It's just going to be two Tokyos. It's going to be like the shiny Neo Tokyo, like the, 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 the good shit. And then like the badlands of the fucking poor people living like, you know, on the outskirts of the city who don't really get a chance to come into like the nice ass parts, you know, um, you see this shit in dystopian, like, you know, anime and, and movies all the time. But I think really, I can really see that shit forming here in Tokyo, which is why my fucking goal is to be on the, in the good shit, <laughs> you know, you know, like I'm not, I'm not like caring about how fair or unfair it is. Like, I'm just trying to get there, you know, and then we'll deal with the rest when we deal with it. So that's kind of what I see. Um, going on but again check out that um that thing and, and i think you'll get a pretty good kick out of it what else do i have for, oh shit i got one more oh fuck i got oh shit i got oh shit rod okay mm. Mm. i'm just gonna touch on this really quickly great article rod you were right um i i read most of it i kind of had to skim a few parts of it um, just to find the the gist of it, but but from what I read, it was a really 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 interesting article. I really encourage you guys to um read. Is Japan ready for transformational change? No, it's not. <laughs> Maybe you don't have to read the article. The answer is no. <laughs> but but the person um, I I I skipped over. I didn't really get exactly who this person is. Um, but this person seems to be uh very in much the know sitting in boardroom meetings you know and 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 understanding what i was saying like japan goes kicking and screaming into change is really change resistant and you know this person really talked about buzzwords like you know innovation and things like that but he said it's just a remix of the same old thing right like incremental change disguised as something rapid or you know or um revolutionary is kind of how you know japan does and remember I was told by someone um, that that companies like a, a ship, you know, a large ship, like a tanker. And, you know, you don't just go swerving in a fucking tanker in the sea. You know, it, you, 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 the goal is to keep the ship afloat in a lot of these companies. And the larger, more well-established companies, that's really the goal. And, you know, you, you if you read this, you know, I'll just kind of give my take on, on, on it. Like what this person wrote was fucking great. Um I, don't, I I just encourage you guys to read it, but just as a little bit of uh, context, you know, for me, insight into it or analysis, like you, you can't like th this person talked about, you know, their shock or frustration about when, when giving seminars and doing work and hearing people's willingness to, yeah, let's change, let's do things. And when the real concrete work starts, you know, it falls flat. Is, is a couple of reasons like one I say is a company a large company is like a tanker like you know the goal is to keep it afloat not really set a course and head to new uncharted territory no one's really doing that you know and I talked about it with the Carlos gone situation um I got into that uh, quite a bit in depth in the past but another thing I'd like you to also think 
the if if you if you're the person in the company who sets off on a new course again you know we're going this way in in the in the um if you think about it in the ant colony you're like hey everyone we're moving the ant colony over here this place is going to get flooded soon we got to move to higher ground come on you guys let's go to be the ant that says that is to you know you're isolating yourself you're putting yourself out Th- this is the other side of group think here where the nail that sticks out is hammered down and to say let's go this way you're sticking yourself out you're putting yourself out on a limb and no one's really willing to do that especially you know if you're in a in a large company where you have a, like i said you have a family you have a, a mortgage you know it's a man's it's a, still a man's world here and so you if you have if you're sitting in that boardroom you have a fucking mortgage and you have a fucking family and your only job is to be the breadwinner of that family. Your job is not to, you know, innovate the company and, and push the culture of the company forward. Your job is not to sink the fucking ship, you know, so and because and, if you sink the fucking ship, you sink your family ship. And if you sink your family ship, then you are nothing in this society and in your family and everything. And you'll probably have to go live in an internet cafe or something like that. I don't know, you know, but, um, by yourself, you know, so a lot of these people in these companies, you know, they're not risk takers. They're not challengers. Their goal is not to lose. They're not trying to win the game. They're trying not to lose the game, you know? So, excuse me, sorry. That's why, um, that's why you get, these type of results where what they say they might they you know i've had i've had so many conversations with japanese people where i'm just like explaining shit and people like yeah yeah you're right you're right you're right and i'm like okay so what are you gonna do about it they're like "Eh, eh," you know and because like i'm not going outside of like i'm fine here like you know it's like telling someone you know who's eating potato chips on the couch watching sports like hey we need to fucking exercise we need to get healthy and they're like yeah you're right and then you're like, okay, come on, let's go running. Like, right now, they're not getting off the sofa. You're gonna have to peel them off the sofa with a fucking spatula. You know, like it's just not gonna happen. So that's kind of how I think of of Japan, especially large corporate culture here. You know, and and those people are not willing to put themselves out on the limb to risk what they have, the equity, you know, that they have in in the business, like or you know, in their life. And that ultimately is what's going to bring a lot of them down, in my opinion. You know, holding on to what they have is what's going to bring them down because they're like, hold, you know, holding on to their seat on the Titanic, pretty much. You know, and they just don't even realize it yet, um, and they won't realize it until fuck it, like the ships in the water, man. Like you know, so um, we'll, we'll uh, until the music stops playing, and and but but I think that's what <coughs> isn't is going to be necessary here for japanese culture to move forward there's going to be a lot of titanics going on at some point in time i'm not sure if this covid situation is going going to be the catalyst for it for the larger ones but um you know he he mentioned a few of them like uh, gave a few anecdotes like fujitsu and uh where is it hitachi but anecdotally from what i heard i won't say exactly where i heard but I've heard, okay, I will say kind of where I heard. I've heard from a few voices within these companies. Um, I'll just leave it there. Um, that, you know, these 
measures are just cost cutting. It's not like any innovation or anything like that. These companies are kind of financially strapped and it's their way out to downsize their office, downsize, you know, their obligations. Because you also have to think. One thing I heard um, someone saying mm, on um, a, a business news show recently, which made me think about teleworking a completely different way. Teleworking, another side of it, you know, is it's uh, offloading your uh, business costs to your employees for for corporations. If you think about it, you know, space, office equipment, Internet, things like that. Those cost a lot of money, right, for, for a company. But actually, those costs are being offloaded to the employee, you know, because the employee has to pay for their Wi-Fi. The employee has to pay for their desk. You know, like the employee has to pay for whatever the fuck that they need. You know, you're not paying for um, commuter costs and things like that anymore. Anymore. So those those costs, it might seem like, you know, just even like dealing with Internet costs, for example, or desks might be not that big of a deal. But if you've got like a thousand, ten thousand employees and you cut that down to like even seven which means like you're paying a lot less for your internet, which means you're also paying for a lot less for your internet infrastructure. Yeah, that shit adds up. You know, it, it does add up. And and so these two companies, for for example, like I would even say Fujitsu, Fujitsu is a fucking copy company. That'll tell you something right there. You know, um, I don't think they're, they're, they're not doing, the, you know, they're not doing this because they're so forward thinking. You know, there's something like on their fucking balance sheets that they want to fucking get going in a good direction and and that's why i think you know you 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 don't see it in, in other countries other companies because they're like they're all right you know but i think you'll kind of probably see it in the coming months maybe even years or at some point in, in history uh, i'm not sure when i'm not sure in what form you know I, but i just know it's coming so um and i get i got my popcorn ready i'm just watching this shit unfold all right so last thing <laughs> last thing i got for you i got you know this kind of heavy episode you know, a lot of heavy shit going on. Me burping in, in the fucking mic all the goddamn time as I drink some more beer. Mm. So I thought, let me give you something <laughs> that might make your day. If you look in the fucking links for this episode, um, there's a link. I was talking with my wife in the car <laughs> about like she, she, she was doing something for a driver's license. And I was talking to, with her about it, and I remembered back to, like, the driving safety class that I had to take here in Japan. Fucking crazy-ass, like, driving safety videos. It's just fucking crazy. Like, I, I, was, I was just, like, laughing about it. We were just laughing about it for, like, 20 minutes. And then um, I was, like, looking through. I was like, well, maybe there's some interesting driving safety videos I can show here. I was looking through some. I couldn't really find any good ones, but I found one that is just so fucking crazy and weird like <laughs> so <laughs> check it out uh, it's all in japanese but it's just a few minutes but i mean the driving safety video i saw was not this crazy but like it, it, it's that level of like what the fuck is going on like my driving safety class like it was just 30 minutes of weirdness and i'm just like the fuck am i doing in this country kind of moments you know <laughs> You know, this is what my life has come to. Though, just in this weird, watching this weird ass melodramatic video, Japanese video, and this crazy dude talking to me in this dirty ass room. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just crazy. But go ahead, go ahead, check the link. It's called um, Safety Cat Video, or may, I might change the link um, depending on, on what's in the YouTube description. But check that out. It'll definitely give you a laugh, and that level of weirdness is something you will probably expect if you have to go get your license or license renewed in Japan. All right, so let me leave everything there. Um, great episode, I think. I'm looking forward to going back and listening to this one. Um, yeah, so let me just wrap that up. Next week, next episode, Rod, I'm going to get to that list. You sent me really another great l list from you. told me Quora, Quora, I think is Quora. Yeah, I remember that's how you, you said it was pronounced. So I'm really looking forward to unpacking that one. That's going to be um, a lot a lot of Japan-related stuff in the next episode and anything else that comes up with the go-to campaign and all the other goodness. So, all right, y'all, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy yourself, enjoy your life, enjoy your week, and I'll holler at you next time. Peace. <laughs>